nation to taxation, covering inflation, temptation, high expectations, and that dreaded stagnation. We bring to you Hit Nation. everyone and welcome to episode 13 of Hip Nation podcast. Today we have a couple of uh, one familiar voice and one new voice which I will introduce in just a minute. This episode is called Being a Boss and it's so fitting for the guests that both guests that we have here today. So just a couple of um, administration type things. We have our code word contest running right now. So, so at some point during this episode, we will tell you a code word and you write that code word down. And if you've listened to the last two episodes, you will have already written down two code words plus one bonus code word. Once all four code words are collected, I will put a call out on our social media and you can slide in those DMs and send us all four of your code words that you captured, and you'll be entered to win a $250 gift basket containing a Hip Nation hoodie, a Hip Nation t-shirt, a brand new pair of really nice headphones, a Hip Nation pop socket, and a Spotify gift card. Um, so we won't tell you the code word right now, but we'll tell you at some point later on in the episode. And we haven't even decided on one yet, so it's going to be on the fly. <laughs> uh, next order of business, please hit the subscribe slash follow button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It helps us grow. And we also have a donate button on each of the episodes within the episode at the end of kind of the caption of the episode that tells you um, the guest's bio, you'll see a subscribe or um, a donate or support this show kind of button or whatever. And if you love what you hear and you want to help us do better, uh, go ahead and donate and you can donate any amount. Um, I also have to say with that code word um, that we have an addition to that package that I just remembered from Ogo Float. When uh, Julie was here last week, or a couple weeks ago now, she um, brought in a float date package, so we're going to add that into the basket as well. Without further ado, welcome. My special co-host today is Mr. Kevin Smith, Good back morning. for round two or three? Oh, two? I think this is two. Yeah, this is two, and he's got yeah. his morning voice. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. So um, our guest today is one who has been mentioned in every episode so far. I believe it's every episode. Not that she's super happy about it. Um, and who I've been hounding for a while to come be on the show. And she kind of has been, yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> she knew the demand was high. So she was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to drag this out for these yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fashionably late. Um, so I'd like to welcome one of my very best friends, Holly Tyle. Holly, tell us about you. Hello. Hello. People stop talking about me. 
<laughs> it's right. fun to talk about you. You're relevant to every conversation. Um, so I am Holly, Holly the Great, and okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so born in Ireland, moved to Canada, uh, lived in the North Pole, aka Thunder Bay, <laughs> North Pole. So cold. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I uh, um, lived in Thunder Bay growing up. Um, you know, typical family, mom, dad, sister, uh, younger sister, Hannah Banana. She's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, growing up, I um, fucking lost here. What do you want me to say? Well, um, you once told me a story that was probably one of my favorite stories about you and really kind of gave me a look into who is Holly and where did she start falling in love with being in business? So tell me the story about your babysitting venture and spare no details. Right. This was awesome. So I've, I've never heard this story. You're this in for a treat, I, knew, Kevin. I thought I knew Holly. <laughs> you don't know shit. Don't know nothing about her. You ready? Hear yeah. Let's hear Listen it. Listen to this. So um, growing up, we had everything we needed, uh, but I always wanted more. Uh, I always wanted, uh, you know, new pair of shoes, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, my dad told me once, well, you know, go get a job. So I uh, took my babysitting course, you know, got my certificate, laminated it, did all the cool things and um, started babysitting. Um, and what I, you know, I got I got bored because kids would go to bed at, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock at night is babysitting young kids and their parents wouldn't come home till, you know. 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So I started cleaning up the house. You know, my mom did a really good job raising us to make sure our houses were always clean and tidy and things put back in their place. So I do the dishes from dinner and I would, you know, check what was in the dryer and fold, uh, fold the laundry in the dryer, you know, make the bed, pick up the kids' toys, clean up the house, grab the vacuum, whatever. Kids didn't sleep through the vacuum, FYI. <laughs> so... um what I started to notice was I would go above and beyond. So, you know, they had me there to make sure their kids went to bed and were safe. And what I started doing was cleaning up their house. Um, and then uh, as I started to gain clients, I had a, a lot of demand. So I would have, uh, you know, a couple families contacting me, usually for the summer. So kids are out of school in the summer. They need someone to watch their kids. I couldn't be in four places at once. So what I did was I established myself as a as a brand that would babysit kids, but also have your house cleaned. And like, who has a brand at that age? That's crazy. Age of like twelve. Yeah, Holly does. Holly does. <laughs> Holly yeah. does. Yeah. So I um, had my pick of jobs, uh, but I took it one step further as people were reaching out to me, and I would say, you know, my sister's able to do this one. So you just pay me and I'll take care of her type thing. So, you know, at the age of 12, I was charging people, you know, $7 an hour and uh, I would pay my sister $5 an hour. So I'd make $2 an hour where she was. Uh, and then I had more demand and I had more jobs coming in. So I'd reach out to my friends and say, hey, this is a really cool gig over the summer. You know, the kids are kids are six and seven. You don't have to do anything crazy, but I'll give you $5 an hour. And I was charging $7 an hour. And then I went to my dad and I said, Hey, I need a cell phone. And he, his jaw hit the floor and he's like, for what? <laughs> like we're talking about, I'm 12. So we're talking about 98. Right. Yep. Before cell phones were a thing. Um, convinced my dad to get me a cell phone so that people could call me and I could, uh, answer all my inquiries. And, um, you know, my dad, 
took me in, got me the cell phone, said if I if I miss a single payment, he's going to cut it off. So right there, that oh. taught me about bills. He made you pay for your, your own cell phone? A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I have something to say to that. Say it. No, just keep going. I don't want to interrupt the story yet. So just keep going. Oh, I mean... You know, I got my own cell phone. I was able to schedule people in. I was able to, um, you know, get my friends. And I was making like at the age of 12, 13, I was making two to four thousand dollars a month. Like what? Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the story. Like oh, what? Holy. Yeah, that's good chunk of change for a, a 12 year old. Yeah. For, for a, even a lot of people, even now, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. And that right there was I the wish. moment, no, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that right there was the moment that I fell in love with business. It was a scalable opportunity, <clears throat> and I did it every summer until I started. Um, and so I was a little bit older, and you know, didn't want to be dealing with the kids anymore. Then I moved into, um, you know, pouring coffees and uh, make great money and tips at the drive-through. And then I moved into um, pizza, like making pizza, delivering pizza. Um, always that's, some type of service had the best. That's where now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you have some type of pizza delivery business? Yeah. Or you, that's where I kind of started to really get to know you as, as a business person. I remember you telling me now it was you and your significant other at the time, yep. um, owned, was it a pizza business or just a delivery business? It's a pizza business. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, Rick, my ex, opened up a pizza restaurant in Ontario, and when we moved out to the Okanagan, opened up a second one. Uh, then there was one that was opened up in Edmonton, and uh, we were trying to franchise it, and it was such a such a gong show. Um, it was hard to franchise. It was hard to be on top of the brand. We, you know, we didn't have enough people. Uh, we burnt ourselves out um, selling pizza 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So sold everything off and looked for our next opportunity, which is how I became a franchise partner because the system was already in place and yeah. I didn't have to do it. So saying that and hearing or hearing you say that, knowing what you know now, do you think you could take your pizza business that you had back then and completely franchise it get it out there build it into something massive because that's what you're doing right now with with modern pure air you don't just own one location or one what do you call it area one franchise franchise. okay but like but she has like you have the south okanagan here right correct and then you have also the kootenays so the kootenays covers the the west kootenays which is existing and the east kootenays which would be expanded too yeah so do you i guess my question is, is do you wish I mean, and I, actually, I know the answer to this because <laughs> her and I are pretty much, we think the same, is wouldn't it be amazing to have the knowledge you have now, have it back then? You probably could turn that into something. Well, I think anyone would say that. Yeah, like, that's right. you know, if you went back 10 years and knew what you knew now and knew that 10 years ago, how would that change things? Well, a lot, but you didn't, but you know it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, had I have known, um, I mean, I've been a franchise partner longer than 10 years, but had I have known when I had the pizza place, um, you know, what I know now, would it have made it easier? Yeah, a lot. But at the same time, too, I was quite young when we had the pizza place and um, I didn't have the experience that I have now. Still blows my mind that we're the same age because you've done so much stuff in your 35 years 36 no yeah what are you i'm 36 oh my god oaf you're gonna be 36 <laughs> soon simmer I down i know i know so yeah. okay 
you tried a pizza franchise, didn't work. And when you wrote this to me, you said in brackets, too much work. And that kind of shocked me because I've never known you to shy away from too much work. You are one of the busiest people I know. You own two franchises by yourself. How, in what way was the pizza business more work or too much work where now it isn't too much work? Can I get deep on this one too with her? Like, I want you to answer that. And, but I have some stuff to, I really want to dig in with you on this, on this question. So. Okay. Um, so, you know, pizza franchise we're talking about, I was uh, 19 to 20. Uh, I had priorities outside of work, not just, yeah, not just work. And they weren't good priorities. They were 19 year old priorities. So staying up late, hitting the bars with friends, um, <laughs> didn't fit the business, um, the business that we were trying to build there. Um, and it was a lot of work because not only are you building a business, but you're building a franchise on the other side of that. So um, the amount of work that goes into a franchise is incredible. You're talking about systems, policies, procedures, yeah. the brand. You're talking about training, advertising. Not only are you running a business, that's all well and good. But on the other side of it, you've got this own entity that's like all the the rules, procedures, policies to make sure that you have the same experience, whether you're in Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Kelowna, right. Toronto. Right. And that's one of the things that I've really come to. Cause I would sit there and I'd look at Holly and I'd be like, how the hell does she do all this stuff that she does in a right? day? Right. Uh, different businesses. Um, and like I so said, we're going to get a little deeper here into what's happened in the last couple of years with you. But you are, and one of the biggest things that I respect about you, and I need to become more this way, especially for my business and how we're expanding and getting bigger, is you are amazing at systems and protocols and, and introducing those to your staff. Um, I was at your office, what, two days ago? And even just some of the stuff you were explaining to me about like your weekly meetings, like those are a must. There's no getting around those, right? Little things like that that you do that I'm sure there's obviously bigger, more um, involved uh, things that you do with your staff on a weekly basis. But it's absolutely amazing how well you keep those systems and, and policies and procedures all in check. And it really does help your business. And this is you. I mean, people don't know this about Holly too. Like you used to work at the head before you owned any franchises. You used to work at the head office of pure modern pure. Well, yes and no. So I was a franchise partner before I started working. Oh, there too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the experiences I do have with the policies, procedures and stuff in place, yeah. you know, comes from our head office. So, yeah. Um, they've done a really good job of making sure that their systems, their policies and procedures are in place so that it's an easy duplicatable system for franchise partners as well as our staff to um, understand, plug into and follow. So there's not a lot of questions. And then again, you know, shout out to Chris, uh, Chris from Action Edge Business, Business Coaching. So she's my coach. So on top of, you know, our head office systems, policies, procedures, uh, Chris has taught me a lot in the last year and a bit that I've been coaching with her. You know, instead of 
instead of constantly saying the same thing over and over, how are we documenting this and putting it um, out there available for the team so that it's not constant questions? So you're not training different people or the same people over and over on uh, topics Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. problems. And, you know, you every once in a while, you've got stuff that pops up once every six months. You don't think it's a big deal. But when you got to deal with it once every six months and you're like, man, what did we say last time? It's worth taking the 15 to 30 minutes to sit down to document it, make it available to your staff. Um, so you and I share a business coach. Yeah. And um, I agree. Chris is fucking phenomenal. I don't think she gets enough praise for, in my opinion, for everything that she does. But that's just me. And she'll often come here and just do like the bare minimum kind of stuff with not the bare minimum for me, but like for her, she knows so much more than she ever has time to tell me about. Right. And then you tell me sometimes about your experiences with her and how you're not afraid to just tell her like this, this was unproductive for me and I'm not happy with the way this meeting went. And that will totally change kind of the, the direction that, your coaching session goes in. Um, and I've, I have talked about this many times on the podcast about how you, you sometimes don't have a filter or just am not like, are not, um, you don't bend sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you're very direct and straightforward and that's, that's part of your, what is it? Amiogram? Enneagram? How do you say that fucking word? We're eights. Enneagram. Yeah, so Kevin and Holly are both Enneagram eights, which is a personality type. Um, so how do you how do you use that Enneagram eight and and D from the disc profile status to manage your business? Like how does that how does that help you manage people and manage systems and policies? So a couple comments. <laughs> Number one, I haven't listened to the last episode, but I heard I got called an asshole. So talk about not having a filter. I, I probably said Holly can be an asshole and self-proclaims herself that way. I don't call you an asshole. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. You know what? I think going off that, I got called an asshole a little while ago and I took it as a milestone. Like finally, <laughs> finally somebody thinks I'm an asshole and has actually said it. Right. So um, I'll comment to that on what I think about that um, of Holly being an asshole or not bending. And I think that's one of the um, things that I like most about you is you're very, very, it's this way because you you know your shit. So nobody's going to come and tell you otherwise. And even if nobody wants to join you on whatever you want to do you're going to go and you're going to do it yourself and it's going to be a success and if it's not you're going to um you're going to take that failure on and you're going to own it and you're going to move forward and it's not you're not going to waver you're not going to um it doesn't change your your perception of yourself right um i think as entrepreneurs we all we all at some point question ourselves are we doing things right are we are we uh going in the right way. Mm-hmm. I just had that mm-hmm. I think last week. I was really, you know, thinking do I do I actually know what I'm doing? Um I get to, uh, you know, think about you guys and other people that are doing what I'm doing and kind of wh- 
look at what I'm doing, look at what you're doing and say, okay, I'm going on in the right way here. But I think right now what I want to quickly just do, if you don't mind, is I want to step back to December 31st, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you okay with this? Yeah. Excellent. So one of the big, big things that I've respected or that I respect about you is your ability to um, bounce back. Be resilient. You, and this is, this falls under being a boss. You, and I'm just going to say it all out. So December 31st, you took off on a plane. You jumped on, you headed to Hawaii for your New Year's and your birthday. And it was a great holiday up until something happened and you got, you got called for divorce. And we got a little kumbaya going on here right now. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is big for me because this really just told me who you were and why I love you so much and respect you. So stop fucking crying. <laughs> so stop crying. Okay. So you are you get you get blindsided with a divorce on your birthday. A couple and days after. A couple but days yeah. after. Okay. Well, that makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> so. While on vacation. And, <laughs> and you're, you came home and you and I had just started hanging out for a couple months and um, kind of really hit it off. You and I, I think, got really close really quick. I was able to call you one of my people for sure. And then when. When I heard this, you had you had landed and you pretty much didn't come home. You went straight to Big White. No, I uh, came home in January. Was home in January, um, but didn't talk to anybody because I hadn't spoken to you or anything like no, that. No, didn't really surface. Uh, just kind of hung out in the house. Um, continued to uh, run my business, uh, run our business. It was business as usual. I mean, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, was home January, February, uh, February, my house flooded, like couldn't get any worse. (laughs) Um, you know, about to list the house for sale and the house floods, uh, dishwasher just decides it wasn't going to do its job and disconnected the hose and just kept flooding the basement. Uh, shout out to total restoration who came and sorted that out for me. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to stay at a friend's condo up at Big White. Uh, the world shut down, COVID hit. Uh, it was a wild time. Yeah. Um, so we didn't know where you were. I, at least I didn't. I yeah. remember sitting here being like, Hey, where's Holly? And then somebody hit me with the news of what had happened to you. Right. And I think instantly I had given you a phone call. I think I phoned you while you were up there. Right. Yeah. And reached out and did, I don't know if we talked right then. I think I might've just got your voicemail. Probably because I didn't answer my phone. You weren't answering your phone. And so we were getting a little bit worried, but you did reach out to some people and very, very um, kind of, you picked, you chose who you wanted to talk to. Um, how long did that go on for when you were up there? I came back to Penticton in June. So I was up, I was up at Big White, uh, March, March to June. And w- <laughs> As somebody that just had, because you, you, I remember you telling me you had, you had the world the way you wanted it. You thought that this was just a perfect, you had your business, things were going well. You had your, what you thought was your marriage at the time. You had all this amazing stuff. It was the, I remember you telling me it was the exact life that you wanted, that you saw yourself living. 
Um, and you, so kind of take me, take me through that. What, what did you have to work through in your mind while you're sitting up there by yourself at Aunt big way? I know your mom and sister showed up or something like that. My mom was there for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was there for a little bit. Um, you know, uh, big way was a perfect spot to just decompress from the world that mm-hmm. was going on. So not only was I like freshly into a divorce, uh, separation and divorce, uh, COVID was happening and there was a lot of uncertainty in, in the world. And it was, um, it was nice for me to be able to, uh, you know, be 45 minutes from Kelowna, um, you know, be up at big white with, with myself and, and just kind of work through stuff. Um, so, so quickly, just mentally in your head, like what were some of the stuff that you were telling yourself? Because I mean, you know, with me and going through my divorce, like I've sat in your living room many times and bawled my eyes out and said, why? And questioned myself. And like, how did you deal with, with that? Like, I know as I kind of know, but I think the listeners should know. I think what, what did Holly tell herself? What did you tell yourself out there? Um, number one, I didn't give a shit about the pandemic. At that point, I was just like, <laughs> I'm going through a divorce. Nobody cares about the pandemic. Um, I don't know. I think I just always knew um, that it would be okay. Like, it, yes. I will be fine. Um, this sucks right now, but there's going to be, there's going to be some positive that comes out of this. There's going to be some lessons that comes out of this. There's going to be other relationships that come out of this. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I just instantly, when I realized what, you know, when I realized what the fate was that I was getting a divorce, I was like, okay, now my only job is to care about me and care about what I need and what I'm doing and move forward from there so made plans kind of thought about what I what I wanted my life to look like got some great advice from some really good friends and support systems who who guided me through that um, steered my anger in the appropriate directions and kept me focused on what needed to happen Um, you know separation agreement um, uh, you know uh, dealing with the company. Um, what what did that look like? Did Rick want to be involved? Did I want to keep the company? Um, so Rick and I had a chat and he wanted to be bought out. So I bought him out. But all that was a process and it does take time, like dealing with lawyers and feelings and other people's expectations. It all takes a lot of time. Absolutely. And so I, you said a few things right there that I felt going with what I'm going through and it's, it's okay. Now it's time you walk around with your head in the clouds for a little while. Mm-hmm. You, and then it's, okay, let's get to work. That's part of that. And, and you had, a, did you, was it you that told me you had somebody come, like a friend or something come to you and be like, okay, time to get off your ass and get back to life. Yeah. 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 And that was kind of a, maybe a turning point for you. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think the other thing too, that's worth mentioning. And I know Sarah loves us so much. So it's <laughs> funny how the universe works. <laughs> Because I'm just going to be straight up honest. Um, If we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't have drove to Vancouver and played eeny, meeny, miny, mo on flights and went on a trip. Yeah. And that would have done nobody any good. Like, I have a company that needed me here to run it. Uh, I had a house to sell. I had so many things to deal with. Uh, hopping on a plane and running away wouldn't have dealt mm. with it, but that would have been my first choice. And I was so ticked at the world that COVID had happened. Um, and you know, that 
that sounds terrible. Like COVID is a, you know, at the time was a big thing and a real concern. Um, but selfishly, I was annoyed and upset that I couldn't hop on a plane and run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I needed to be here. I needed to face, you know, my life that was unfolding and I needed to make some decisions. And uh, it really forced me to do that. And your be- business kept running, even though you weren't physically present. Correct. And that's, uh, you know, a credit to my team, which are awesome, a credit to the franchise system that I've bought into. Um, you know, there were days where um, I, I didn't I didn't do a lot. Like there were weeks where I, you know, made sure that I invoiced my clients and made sure that my team was paid and other things kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. But my phones were still answered. Um, emails were still returned. Customers were still taken care of. And that's that franchise system. And yeah. that just speaks to the type of boss you are, being able to ensure that those people are taken care of, that your business is taken care of. Even if you're, you can hardly keep your head above water with what's going on in your life, you're still able to uh, to make sure that those things are done. Um going going through all that and and the fog and everything uh one of the things that i really i think it was probably nine to nine months is when i really started to notice there was a change in you Mm -hmm. you and i were talking almost daily about um what you're doing what i'm doing what the plan what our plans are and watching you go um and what year was the beas so the uh, 2020 BEAs is the one that uh, you, and, you I, and I went to. And we were both in the same category. Yeah, but I didn't make it as a finalist. So you were a finalist. Yeah. Um, Colton was a finalist and somebody else. Jasmine. Was, Jasmine, thank yep. you, was the finalist for uh, Young Professional of the Year. Yeah. Uh, and that's at the Business Excellence Awards. Yes. yes. Those who don't know yes. what BEA is. Yes. And I, but I remember the nominations came out and it was... It was us, uh, you and I, and Colton and everybody, and Jasmine. And I remember when the finalists came out and you had phoned me because you hadn't heard. And I remember having to tell you that you didn't make that that um, that next round. And, and it, it sucked. But I remember in your voice because you were like, okay. Next year, I'm going to fucking take it. <laughs> okay. And you did. That's it. Her exact, words, did. her exact words to me were like, okay, okay. I'm going to fucking take it next year. Damn so, right. And then this, that, that next year, you have just been, there's a reason why everybody talks about you. Because you did what you said you were going to do. And you always do. And by the way, when I talk about, you calling yourself an asshole or having no filter or whatever the things are that may seem negative to you. I mean them in the most respectful way because I do envy you and that side of you because I don't have that. So can I ask something? Yeah. If everybody thinks Holly doesn't have a filter, what the fuck do people think about me? <laughs> the same thing, Kev, the same well, thing. Because <laughs> it's just called, I Hol- say Holly things, owns it more. I she say things, it, right? I say things that makes Holly go like, oof. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. say that. Not yeah. just Holly, Kev. Well, we all say that. Well. <laughs> you both have no filter sometimes, but. but Only to the people that very don't Very genuinely, I am so jealous of that feature. I wish that I had that, especially in my business owner life. 
Well, so there's a couple of rules around this no filter for anyone listening that's thinking go. about this, right? Number one, like, yes, take notes. (laughs) Don't be mean to people. Right. Right. Don't be mean. We're not talking about being mean. But um, so and number two, other people's opinions of you are none of your business. And I don't know where this came from for me, but I've I've had this in my mind since I was a teenager. What other people think and say about you is none of your business. Like, don't worry about it. Don't concern yourself with it. Be the best that you can be. Um, be as honest and upfront as you can be with people. Um, even if that means letting somebody down or, um, you know, not meeting their expectations of you again, that's not your business. Those are, those are expectations that other people are putting on you. Um, so when people, when people, you know, say, you know, um, how can you say that? Or aren't you afraid that you're going to offend somebody? Well, I'm not looking to be mean. I'm just looking to be honest and kind of set those expectations because as you guys have said, I am busy um, and I do get uh, I do get approached to do a lot of things and to help out with a lot of things or for advice on a lot of things. And I I don't have the time. I would love to be able to do it. Um, but we all have the same amount of time in a day. And at the end of the day, I do need, you know, personal time too. I need yeah. time with my friends, time to work on other projects outside of work. So mm. yeah, don't be mean. Don't be, don't yeah. be rude. And but going, be honest. Going off what you said right there, you know, when, when you don't meet other people's expectations of you, they can get pissed off or they go and they, I think Les Brown said, don't let other people's opinion about you determine your reality mm-hmm. right so i think especially as like people like holly and i we we do care what people think yeah even though people think oh you guys say whatever you want and don't care you know how it comes we do at some level care what people think we don't when we like you just said when we say things and we're blunt about stuff it's not to be an asshole we don't mean to hurt people but it's just it's going straight to the point because i don't want to deal with what ifs and maybes and all that kind of stuff. Might as well just say it straight out, put it out there. If people get offended, that's their problem, um, in my opinion. Funny. So I have to interrupt there because <laughs> since business coaching, um, I've learned a lot from Chris that you're responsible for the message that you send out to people. So, you know, as we go through disc profiles and my team has recently just done all their own disc profiles, we're learning about each other and each other's communication styles. Just because I prefer blunt, quick, honest communication does not mean other people prefer that or are comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So it's my job as a boss to understand my team's communication preferences and to deliver on that. And that's a challenge for me. And I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not perfect. That's hard for me to do. Um, Sometimes when I'm communicating to, um, you know, people on my team that aren't as blunt and upfront as I am then I have to change my communication style. Um, That means I have to slow down. I'm fast moving and I like fast conversations and fast decisions. Um, But if I'm working with someone who prefers small talk and prefers longer conversations and having more information, that's on me. But it's interesting because prior to coaching, I was exactly like Kevin, like, this is who I am. This is how I prefer to communicate, not my problem. But then Chris came into my life and she's like, no, that is your problem. That is 100% your problem and you have to learn as the boss to meet the needs of your team. 
And I can say confidently, as somebody who also can't stand small talk, that's very hard to do. Yeah. Because it, it at least for me, it feels like I'm being fake. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to talk to you about the weather or, you know, ask you how your day was, like ex- excluding my friends. I just mean like in daily conversations. Yeah. Um, it's it's very hard for me to to pretend to care about that. And that that makes me sound like kind of a bitch, but it's true. I don't care about the weather. Let's talk about what you're here to talk about and get it done. Yeah. And sometimes too, um, I lost my train of thought. Back. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I, that I kind of want to touch on what you were just saying um, about being blunt and, you know, wanting to have the discussion, whether it's an argument or not. One thing I asked you one time was, aren't you afraid of being wrong? And your answer, and I think I said this on the last podcast, your answer is always no. Oh, yeah. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And that's um, that's very hard for a lot of people to do. Being wrong is, look at the situation we're in now with the government and the pandemic. How many times have they been wrong? And it's so hard for them to say they're wrong because the general population, when they see that something was mistaken, especially in a position of authority, then they lose trust in you. And I think you do a really good job of, you know, when you are wrong, you say it, but people don't lose respect for you. Yeah. I, and I think that's part of being a leader. I for mean, sure. when we're, when, when we're wrong, like I, I, when I'm wrong, I look at it as, okay, what do I need to, how do I better myself from, from whatever I've done wrong? Or if I, if I've made the wrong call, okay, how do I do it better next time? I think you're the same, Holly. Uh, we've talked about yeah. this. You know, how do you, it's all, it's almost a little bit exciting when I do something wrong or I'm wrong because really? it's like, Hey, how do I, okay, what can I learn from this? Because I'm, if I'm not growing, I'll die. I use them as opportunities again. Uh, you know, what I've learned in coaching is, um, so a big thing that I'm working on is being vulnerable. Um, allowing my team to see me when I make mistakes, when I'm wrong, um, you know, when things are hard, because it gives them the permission in quotations, if you will. Um, So, you know, when I'm wrong, I get a little bit excited and I'll go to my team and I was like, well, that didn't work out. I messed that up or I was wrong about this. Let's try something else. Does anyone else have a different opinion idea like what can we look for next um but it gives them that ability to um make mistakes too and they understand that you're human too Mm -hmm. like you're you're this person you you make mistakes just because you're the boss and the owner you aren't you aren't perfect yeah and i think that's one really key thing in in your in a leadership role is to be able to let your your staff or your your colleagues know like hey I'm not perfect. Yeah. And also accept the fact that they know that you're not perfect. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, cuz that's hard pride-wise. You think I'm the boss, I should know how to do everything. Right. Yeah. I should know how to do this, I should do that like yeah. and and do it perfectly. Yep. Right? When really that's that's well, I guess Well, I, it's like I, you I said to, to me that. once Kevin, you you said Sarah, you should know how to do everybody else's job. Yeah. And and you were right. Yep. However, I've got a bookkeeper and I am not learning her job. Yeah, fuck fuck that. that, right? <laughs> so yeah, no you thanks. can you hire people to do stuff that you don't know how to do. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, but at the end of the day, like I said, if you needed to learn it, you you would learn it. Right. Right. That's right. Holly, same thing. Right. I mean, you've done bookkeeping, correct? Correct. Yeah. There you go. I have just a shout out. I have the best bookkeeper I have ever had. She is so organized. I thought I was organized. She is so organized. Yeah. She is amazing. Um, I don't know what I would do without her. She's awesome. Yeah, that support staff is is huge. Yeah, and all my staff to... are like honestly, all my staff are so so amazing, so awesome. Like, they're well, yeah. They're well, you've good. you've attracted that. Like I said, you I walk into Modern Pure. You have your office over on the left. The two people sitting there. Who's the dude with the cast on his leg? <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. He's amazing, though. You've told me about him. He's awesome. Yeah. But from yeah. The, but from the second you walk into your place, you can feel there's a certain vibe in there. And from the way you have it all done up, yeah, the way your office looks, to the people that are in there, um, mm-hmm. yourself included, like uh, your wall there that y- you showed me, like that's a genius idea, and that builds a culture and and ha- has there's a vibe when when you walk in through your doors, what, which is uh, huge. What wall are you talking about? Because I got a few of them. <laughs> what the, you have walls in the, your place? Oh, yeah. shut. What? Okay. <laughs> but which so, one? The one with the Google reviews on oh, it. Oh, that one's so cool. That I is so cool. It's so cool. You should so send cool. me a picture. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, Holly, it's gonna be hard to rip these things off the wall because she has them like, like those plaques that you do up. Yep. I I thought glued right to the wall, but apparently they're velcroed. So I was like, oh. So oh. for anyone listening, what I what I did was I had this uh, concrete, not concrete, but yeah, like concrete brick cinder wall, cinder yeah. block wall. Thank cinder you. Block. Yeah. And it was painted, and I wasn't sure what to do with it because it's an uneven texture. So uh, what we started doing is during our weekly staff meeting uh, once a week, I give out a Google review plaque. So our team such a good idea. It yeah, is. Our team goes after our five star Google reviews. Right. We want want to make sure our clients are happy repeat clients um so once a week i give out a plaque that uh writes out the google review and it's got the technician's name and we put it up on the wall who does those plaques up for you again graphically hip i can get you their information (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks for the shout out they're very well done yeah cool very well done um i'm super jealous of that idea actually when when you first brought it to me i was like god damn holly like, can you get any cooler? <laughs> yeah. Like, your staff must just think that's so touching to get one of those. Honestly, the first couple times I was doing it, I, I think they were a little bit, uh, they're modest, right? They, mm. you know, they know they do good work, but sometimes sometimes the recognition can be hard. Mm-hmm. Some people like it. Some people are a little bit uncomfortable with it. But the more we do it, the the better it, it seems to, to be. Don't you also have them um, write thank you cards or something like that after jobs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so handwritten? That, handwritten. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our technicians, after they've been into a home, do a handwritten thank you card and uh, my office manager mails it out. So a couple days after an appointment, you get a handwritten thank you card. Um, and that's system wide. That that wasn't my idea. That came from our head office. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you find that owning a business, two businesses or whatever, however many businesses you've owned over your lifetime. Do you find that being in that position of power has helped in your personal life? Like you are now the president of our local JCI chapter, Mm -hmm. which is technically your personal life that has nothing to do with your business. Um, So do you find that like the skills that you've learned owning a business have helped you to transition into a presidential role? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, also, JCI is a learning organization. So if you don't have experience uh, running a business or owning a business, uh, we are happy to teach you. Um, and once you have experience through JCI, you can work your way up to a president. But specifically, business ownership has has definitely helped with that role. Um selfishly uh it's probably the role i needed to take on the most um because it's something that i um uh i wouldn't say struggle with but maybe is one of my weaknesses is leading people and not being directly involved with everything mm. so the leader of or the position of president is is leader oversee everything um, support everyone, including the executive, the chapter, um, communicate with the um, regional and national levels, but not directly run the events and not directly be involved mm. with every little thing, which, you know, when talking to my business coach was something, um, a skill that I needed to improve. Uh, so that's why I really wanted to be president this year, because I want to lead instead of do as much. And I think you really have to place a lot of trust in your membership that you wouldn't normally have, right? As a boss, you have to be yep. kind of a little more involved with your team members, whereas yep. in JCI, you have to just trust that shit's going to get done. Yeah. And also follow up and have a system in place to make sure it does get done, right? Yep. Um, you know, putting putting just trust in people is good, but it can also set them up for failure with unmet expectations or uncommunicated mm, expectations. So having that system is important um, to make sure that people understand what their role is when it's required to be done by and if they need help, who to reach out to. So it's the same thing for for my company. And as my company continues to grow, it's a similar situation over there. So who, um, who is doing the work? Uh, where is their their blueprint to do that work? Where is the training and support that they need? And who can they ask if they need help? Um, and that takes me out of the seat of doing the work myself, which has been hard. Mm -hmm. Really? A hundred percent. Well, even with your business, you you're leading this group of people, but you're still involved with pretty much everything that happens in your business. Yeah. I remember, what was it? The three of us went out for lunch that one day. Yep. And that was the day with the, the egg. The egg. <laughs> the egg. Put an egg on your burger, they said. It would be good. It's a good idea until you bite into it and it explodes all over you. <laughs> right. In your three-piece suit. Fuck. So mad. Um, but that's, that's one of the things. I remember you telling a story and about how you were the last one to find out about something. Yes. Right? And as a leader and as the owner of your business, that's tough. And we, I think we had a discussion about that around the table. Was, we did. And I was very much so like, oh, no, I want to, if, if my employee can't fix it within 20 minutes, like, I want to know. And even if she does fix it within 20 minutes, I still want to know. And I'm like the polar opposite of you. I'm just like, I'm not going to, I hate micromanaging. And so I'm just like, just do your thing and let me know when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you give me shit for that. You call mm -hmm. me on that. You're like, you need to be more involved. Well, and that's, and that's just the way I look at it because one of my biggest fears and is that I miss a learning opportunity within my business. I don't know if you feel the same way like that, Holly. Is That's part of why I want to know what's going on. 
because if there's an opportunity for me to learn or do something different, I don't want to miss that opportunity. I get learning opportunities on the daily. It's like drinking from a fire hose with those sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes they hit me upside the head and I can't swallow fast enough. Like, wow. <laughs> do you recognize them as learning opportunities in the moment? Um, Depending on what it is, I well, guess. and if I'm in the right frame of mind. Right. Sometimes, yeah. Because often they're disguised as just problems nightmares. And, well, right? yeah. They're definitely learning opportunities. I think, again, back to coaching. Um, you know, when you start your day, you need to start your day off right. So you need to take care of yourself first. You need to make sure that you have everything you need in the morning before you get to where you're going to help other people. Because as a leader, it's a lot about filling up other people's cups and helping them get through their jobs, their task, uh, their tasks, their responsibilities. But if you haven't taken care of yourself first, you're not going to have the the time, the patience, the stamina to help them. So it's really about setting yourself up first. So in the morning. Um, that, so that's what I was just going to say to you. Okay. So saying that, lead us through a, mm-hmm. a day in, in the life of Holly. Yeah. So when you wake up in the morning. to <laughs> I can speak to, to your mornings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know your morning routine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing too is it, it really, it really would depend on the day. And some mm-hmm. of my friends uh, like to laugh a bit, uh, at me for this. My calendar, and this is another skill that I learned through coaching. My calendar is set. It is color coordinated. It is everything from my personal life, my exercise, my work, specific tasks at work, shared tasks at work. They're all on my calendar. Um, but a general day in the life, you know, I wake up in the morning, I like to have coffee, I don't like to eat right away. I like to have coffee. Um, now that the gyms are back open, I really love spin. So I try to go to spin class that really takes away some of my energy. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I tend to have a lot of, of energy, which can get me into trouble. (laughs) Um, so it (laughs) it takes away some of my feisty energy. Um, and then, uh, then I like to eat and then I like to go to work. Uh, and when I get to work, you know, I typically spend about 30 minutes going through my emails, uh, prioritizing anything important. Uh, I just learned about a hack, uh, yesterday that I'm going to love hacks. Oh, I'm going to work on this next week. It's, uh, rules in your emails with Microsoft. So, you know, the everyday, um, redundant emails that come in you don't even have to sort them you can just tell them which folders to go to so i'm going to look at this next week but spend about 30 minutes in emails uh spend about 15 20 minutes catching up with my team seeing if there's anything that uh has gone on that i need to be aware of and then i get into my tasks so depending on the day of the week it could be uh business development it could be um community you know marketing it could be financial requirements like working with uh, my bookkeeper reviewing financials it could be coaching homework chris gives me homework um yeah it, there's there are all kinds of stuff that goes on but generally i like to be done by about between four and five o'clock yeah um so just another question in regards to your business how much time do you spend because i've seen you doing both and i think it's important for people to know what it takes how much time do you spend working in your business and how much time do you spend working on your business yeah, that's that's a great question. Mm. This is one that Chris talks about because with she me all does. The time. I've seen everything that you do, like delivering cookies. Yes, like in, at Christmas, like you spend 
you're always doing something. So I want to know on a typical day or a typical, let's go week, because some days you probably spend more time on your business than in your business, things like that. So in a, in a typical week, how much time does Holly spend working on and working in her business? So on my calendar, I've got five hours a week set aside for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two-hour chunks and one one-hour chunk. Sorry, for which one? Working on my business. Okay. Um, everything else is in my business right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are weeks that I fail those tasks because something comes up. Yep. Um, so... But I've got five hours a week set aside on my calendar for that. So that's amazing. So on those weeks where you miss or you don't get those hours in, do you notice a change in your business in anything? Like because you didn't spend those five hours working on your business, do you notice any type of suffering in your business or anything like that? Uh, not if I miss a week or a couple hours a week, not right away. See, and that's, and the reason why I ask that question is obviously because of the policies, procedures, and things like that, that you have set in place that ensures if you miss that, Mm -hmm. it still is going the way that you want. It's almost just like jumping right back in and picking up where you left off kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm running the biggest team, um, at my job than I ever have. Um, so that's also cool and, and new and interesting too, because, you know, I cannot be there for a morning or a Mm -hmm. day and things still get done. And we've put a lot of work into the last 12 months of making sure those systems are in place and those tasks are completed. And I even have, my team has checklists that they submit to me at the end of the week to let me know that they've done everything that was on their checklist. And if they didn't, you know, what's left outstanding and what do they need to complete it? So we've put a lot of work into that, almost automating that. So um, there's less micromanagement from, from my side because I don't have to worry about if they're getting their task done. Um, and there's less um, stress on their side too, trying to remember everything. Good point. Mm-hmm. That's really um, good. Yeah. And something we've talked about in the last couple episodes was the post-it challenge. And you told me about this challenge. And um, for anyone who hasn't listened to the last two, do you want to just give a, um, I was hoping to get your feedback. So give a brief summary of what the challenge is yeah. and how it helped you or what it did for you. Yeah. So actually this came from uh, Lane, the founder of our company, when I was Uh, looking to hire some additional staff, and I wasn't quite sure how to fill their time, he asked me to do the post-it note challenge. So every time you're about to do a task, you grab yourself a post-it note, you write down what that task is and how much time you spent on it. Then you slap Mm. it up onto your board. So what I did was I was trying to define the roles in my company and trying to hire somebody else to come on and do business development in my company. So I got myself uh, two pieces of Bristol board and I did, um, you know, owner, general manager, um, office manager and business development. And all the tasks that I was doing, I slapped them up onto the owner side. Um, Then once I had done a week of that, a week of all the tasks that I was doing, I looked at every post-it note, which had the summary of what was done, the title of the task, and it had how much time was spent on it. Then I started filtering those to where they would appropriately belong, whether it was an office manager task, an owner task, business development task. Um, And from there, then I could really start to see that job build out. I could see uh, the roles, the responsibilities and how much time was going to be spent on that. And that's how Lewis's 
uh, position with the company was born. So Lewis is my business development and community marketing manager. So when I brought him on, he already had an entire list of tasks with summaries of time of how long everything should take um, to, to get started with. For you, how long it takes you and you're probably very good at it. So do you allow him a little extra time on yeah, those things? Definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. And his time varies too, depending on, you know, he, he writes all the estimates for the company now, which is crazy because I used to write them all. Wow. I used to price everything, write everything. So I really had to make sure my system was solid before I gave it to him so that he yeah. could easily follow that system. And he still has questions and that, and that's all good. I'm, I'm always able to help him. Um, but yeah, his his tasks and time vary too because if he's got you know eight quotes one week and three quotes the next, you know he's so, going to have more work one week than the other. So saying that, how was it for you to be able to hand that off? Because I know, like for myself, being able to hand off something that I do to somebody else can be tough. <laughs> um, you you worry if they're going to miss something or that they're not going to do it as well as you as you yeah, think you do it. Yeah, it's basically a lack of trust. Well, 100%. Is what it comes down to, right? And so or, how do you... I mean, sorry to interrupt, a yeah. lack of trust or that ego gets involved and nobody can do it as good as I can do mm. it. Nailed and you it. have that's, to... That's what it is. You have to realize that people can actually do it better than you. And <laughs> that's been... You just have to give them the chance. It's true. That's been really cool for me to watch people doing things better than I could do wow. when I originally, you know, was under the impression that I was Holly the Great at what I was <laughs> you, doing. You are Holly the I Great. I still am. But, but like, <laughs> you know, I never gave estimating over to anyone before because I was like, I have the relationships. I know what yes. I'm doing. I know how to price this. If this gets if this gets messed up, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Well, funny enough. Lewis does a better job at estimating than I do. He right. is clearer with clients. He sells more additional services than I do. He gets estimates out the door faster than I do. And he follows up in the appropriate time. Oh so my gosh. he does better than I was doing. And I'm so thankful and grateful for him. And what Kevin said too is, how do you hand that off? Well, in my situation, I was sinking and drowning. And I couldn't work on my business because I had too much work in my business to do. So it got to a point where one of two things was going to happen. It was going to continue to slip and fall apart. And I was going to be overworked and stressed. Or I had to let go of something. I couldn't hold on to everything. So I trusted my coach when we had a plan in place. And I let go. And I let Lewis um, do his thing and ask me questions. And because we planned for this and I had the post-it note uh, experiment done, we had success. Yeah. So I think there's work that has to go in first. That, and that's so incredibly true. It's, it is hard to let go of whatever these jobs are. I, I recently had a friend of mine, we were talking about it and she had said, my, my biggest thing is I was for two years, I was going out and picking up deceased people. So I was going out at night, being at work in the morning, working every weekend. And, and at the start of a new business, it's what you got to do. But as it's going right now, she had said to me, she's like, okay, so why, why are you the one going out and doing the removals at night? Why can't you have somebody else do that for you? And my answer was, 
Well, because that's my first contact with the family. That's where kind of the the standard is set or the tone is set for how we're going to deal with, with, or for the family to understand like, hey, these guys are professional or whatever, right? And the reality was that she had said to me was, well, you're going to basically, in, in different words, but she said, you know what, you're going to end up basically drowning yourself because you're going to go as, as your business gets bigger and more calls, things like that, you're going to be going into, you're not going to be able to perform in the morning or during the daytime with these families. It is going to start um, affecting your, your head. You're, you're not going to think straight because you're just lacking sleep. Burnout. Burnout. Right. I don't know. What's, what's burnout? <laughs> right. What? what? What is burnout again? Is that even a word in when a business owner's it, it, vocabulary? When your candle <laughs> runs out and you get a new one. There you go. <laughs> Different oh, scent okay. if you didn't like the last one. Yeah. Hmm. So that was one of the things. So I had implemented now my staff. We go a week on, week off, and it feels like a week on, week off of call. And it's something I always knew that had to be done, mm-hmm. but just to actually let it go and, and trust. And like I said, my girl Erin, she does everything perfectly. Erin's the best. Oh, you're so lucky. She's just killed it this week too. Like just been. Not just this week, but like, have you ever heard, Holly, have you ever heard anything bad about Erin? Like ever? So you guys should have Erin on the podcast. Get like a, I'd love to have Erin on the podcast. Get a, like a funeral director and embalmers perspective, not even just the the thing. Sorry. I know we're talking about Holly. Anyway, (laughs) it's all good. But, um, so handing that stuff off, it's cool to watch this kind of stuff. Cause I look at Holly's business and I think I said to you a while ago, I said, you know what, watching you run your business is so awesome because you're doing all these things that I can't wait to do going through my business. So how you work sometimes from home, how you're able to go off on these like really, really nice vacations that not so much the, this last two years with COVID and whatnot, and you've really applied yourself to your business, being the new Holly, being, um, you have, you know, I think you had said, you know, you've switched some friends, you've made some very strong relations or other friends and very, very strong connections with other ladies here in town. And just watching you build your business, even though you vote, but redoing this business is really inspiring, especially to people like me, because I look at these different, and I'll call them like milestones that I watch you hit. And whether you think they're milestones or not, for me, I'm like, no, that's cool because she's able to go do this now. And that's what I want to do. And I want to have this system put into place. I want. So you're very, just so you know, for me, and I think you do know, but you're very, very inspirational to me in what I'm doing going through my journey as an entrepreneur and wanting to build my business a certain way. So thank you for that. Thank you. And yeah, no, I think, I think what you're doing right now, there's going to be, I always ask myself, I said, is this, is modern pure air, is this going to be Holly and just, she's going to build this empire of cleaning ducks and finding weird shit and people's, <laughs> people's fur or I guess duck work and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Or like, what are you going to do? What do you like? I know you're always going to have this, but are you ever going to branch out into something else? I don't know. Just as like a saggy, like, like a waffle fucking wagon that you put on the beach and just a waffle. wagon. I keep telling her she needs to be a lawyer, a waffle wagon. So <laughs> she would be an awesome. I'd right? hire her in a second. Right? And I'd just be like, I want to see blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody that comes near us, I want you to just kill them. So, um, one thing that the last two years has taught me is 
we don't actually know. Like there's been so many curveballs and wrenches that have come through 2020 and 2021, personally, business, pandemic, everything that I don't know. You you just don't know. But one thing I do know is that I'm fine and I will be fine and I will be okay. And things change and it's exciting when things change because there's always new opportunities. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what the future it's, holds. It, it, it's great. Watching her from our December 31st, 2019 to now you're a completely different woman. You're successful. You're like you just said, you're, you love spin. You're, I remember there was a time where you told me you didn't exercise. Yeah. no, Right. And you're completely a different person. You see it in your face. You see it in, in your skin. You see everything about you is different. Yeah. Right. And it, like you said, you have this image of, in your mind of this life that you want. Right. And watching you do it from you buying your, your house by yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know, having everything that you have, even, even the, the guy you got probably what, is he still sleeping? No. 10 after 10? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's usually up for me. Yeah. He, uh, you know, and having him come into um, your life and, you know, he's a big support system to you too. Am I right? Yep. Good. It's good. He better be. <laughs> I'm just going to shout out to Zach because like his name needs to be mentioned. He's a wicked dude. He is a wicked dude. And he's, he's, it's funny because when I think about the two of you, I think of how opposite you are. But at the same time, how well you work together. And that's not usually the case. Like he is, he, from what I know of Zach, he's very quiet and very um, soft spoken. He's musically talented, like yeah. probably more than anybody I know. Um, he, you know, he he's not this, I don't know what the right word, like powerhouse. Like Actually, he is because he's a good dude, but in the in the way that you own your business and you crush it every day and blah 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 he's kind of the opposite where he's like just goes with the flow and like you know very talented he is like that but actually zach has surprised me yeah with who he actually is zach you wouldn't know this but is like uh outdoorsman he loves the outdoors kevin and, and i have been hiking with with yeah, Zach and yeah, he's yeah. Like, i heard yeah. the stories oh like <laughs> kevin and i are struggling in the back kevin's pulling me up the hill yeah our he's faces are red loving, right? and yeah. he's he's literally running up hills and it's just like yeah zach like yeah yeah and he doesn't look like the kind of dude that would that would be like let's fucking crush this hill right he looks he like a very gentle mild yeah. you know but you want to know something? He has this this great side to him that I think complements your business. You have very, very uh, good things to say about him. Um, yeah, I love the two of you together. It, it's great. And <laughs> you know what? And you know what else I really appreciate about you is you even have, you still have a respect for your ex. You still have a respect for Rick. So not, uh, I'm going to say it was a little funny story. I don't know if I'll keep this in, but anyways, <laughs> Holly calls me up one day and she's like, hey, I need you to sign some papers. And I'm like, can I tell the story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And at this time, I found out what, that she's getting divorced, and and I'm like, I'm Team Holly. Like, <laughs> like no offense, Rick, but I was like, let's fuck this guy up. Let's just take. Oh my god. Oh, and Rick's a great guy. But anyways, Holly phones me up. She goes, Hey, would you mind if I, if 
I came to your place, get you to sign some legal documents for me. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Right. What was I witnessing? Something I can't remember. But anyways, I think I, I don't know. I think it might've been our separation. Maybe it was. So I'm thinking, I'm like, fuck yeah, get in here. (laughs) Like your signature on their separation agreement is going to mess things up. All of a sudden the door opens and she comes in and I'm like, ready. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And the first person that walks into my office is Rick and my face just drops. Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, uh, and Holly's like, Hey Kev, <laughs> you mind signing this stuff she for us? Him. Oh, That's she, hilarious. It totally caught me off guard. But apparently I didn't miss a beat. No. I was just like, oh, hey. <laughs> we left. Kevin Kevin signed the paperwork. Uh, we left. Rick and I went our separate ways. And I called Kevin and I went, hey, I don't think I gave you the heads up that Rick and I were coming together. He's like, no. And I was like... <laughs> Thanks for holding it together. I mean, you're in tough spots sometimes, you know, your industry, families, emotions run high, everything. I said, thanks for doing that. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally caught off guard too, because now I'm confused, right? I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> Got blinds out of here. But hey, no, you know what? Rick's a, Rick's a great guy. Full Spoke of surprises. I like to do that to people sometimes. You do. You really do. So I guess moving on, Holly, do you have any... Any recommendations? Like, do you have for for anybody that's wanting like to? Like, you looking for a doctor, or what kind of recommendations? Well, are just let me finish, okay? <laughs> just typical. Doesn't let me finish. So, any recommendations as far as like books? Anybody that's looking to maybe say, you know what, I want to get involved in a in a franchise or looking to start their own business. What do you? What are some of the recommendations that you might have for for people? Um, I really like Good to Great. Oh. That's a good book. Who who was uh, the author of this? I believe that's Jim Collins. I believe that is. So good to great. Um, I mean, there's so many good ones out there. Um, you got this one here. Have you read this one yet? I haven't. I was looking at this. Take it. Thank you. Just so everybody knows, that's the magic of thinking big. It is a great book. Uh, very good. Andy Frisella. This he said that this is his number one book out of everything that he's read. This book is um, the best book that he's read. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll definitely. Really, really good. Um, One that I liked last year was Didn't See That Coming by Rachel Hollis. So that one was more personal. Mm -hmm. But again, it can be applied to business too. Like nobody saw the pandemic coming. Uh, A few people warned us that, you know, this would eventually happen. Um, But nobody saw that coming. So how to pivot and how to focus on yourself and what you need and taking care of you and uh, getting yourself back on track. I think that's really good to hear you say that too, because especially for Sarah and her business, you and your business, me and the funeral home, like the funeral home was six months old when the, when the pandemic hit and I was, I was nervous, but instantly it was, I remember saying it to the staff. I said, the second we get scared of this, we'll close. So having young business people and entrepreneurs like us, I think it's really, I think we're a very, very select, the select few that we're able to keep our heads above water, especially in such a, a dangerous time. And with our, I mean, don't get me wrong. You have like how many years of business experience? 13, 14? Oh yeah. I'll be four. Not including your well, just, babysitting? Yeah. So sorry. Just, <laughs> just with that, just with this franchise, it'll be 14 years in June. Like. It's insane to shit. think that she's done that. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I know. said, you're 36. Like that doesn't even make sense. And you've done, it's like you started doing, owning 
pizza places when you were 14. Like, well, I wasn't quite, no, I wasn't that young, but like pizza, pizza place was like 18, 19, 20, 21. And then I bought uh, Pure Air Franchise when I was 22. Um, oh my God. At the time I was like the youngest franchise owner. Now they've had people younger, I believe, buy mm. franchises. Um, but I'm one of the oldest, if not the oldest franchise Trailblazer, partner that they got 14 it. years. That's, and, and that's just amazing. So I think like you're a perfect, perfect role model for any, anybody, but specifically women too, to look at you and say, Hey, like if they actually find out about you, talk with you, like you've been hit in the face <laughs> with life and you have, you've fallen on your back, but it's like the saying, if you, if you fall down, land on your back, cause if you can look up, you can get up. Yeah. Right. And you've done that over and over again. And I think it's very important for, especially the younger generations watching us do this stuff to really pay attention to who Holly is, because I think you're going to definitely do some very, very big things moving forward. Um, whether it be through modern pure or anything else that you get involved in, because when you do that, you're a hundred percent. And that's one of the things that I love about you the most. Mm -hmm. So, um, when, uh, the award that you just won, uh, young, is it young, young business leader of the year? Yeah. Was it, is the word young? It's like semi -young. I think it's young professional of the year. Uh, or young professional of the year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I was the only one who nominated you for that, but I know that I was one of them. Thank you for the nomination. And as I was writing my nomination, I just started kind of listing off all the amazing things that I admire about you, which didn't even scratch the surface, by the way, as I've gotten to know you more since that award nomination. It's such an ego boost for her, just so you know. Well, that's okay, because she deserves it. Um, and I remember uh, speaking to somebody else about that nomination and what was said in it, and that person said, you know, like, I had no idea how fucking amazing this woman is, and she's so young. Like, you could have won any one of those awards, honestly. But the fact that you are so young and so accomplished and so successful is um, very admirable. You are someone that I look up to every day, and I know we have a lot of chats <laughs> in the mornings and sometimes throughout the day, and I... I'm probably annoying with all the questions that I ask you, like about you and about nah. your personality, but it's because I'm so in awe how amazing you are and and how I strive <laughs> to be more out. like you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm so happy to call you my friend. Mm. I love you. I don't know why I'm crying about this. This is stupid, <laughs> but no. Lock it up, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But I love you, man. And oh, I love you. <laughs> Keep killing it. Yeah. You know, I appreciate all the kind things that you guys say, like uh, young, successful. That's all true. But you know what? What's also there is like the failures. So I don't want anyone listening to think that like I've done it all right, right from the beginning that I've hit the nail on the head every single time. I have screwed up so many things so many times. I have failed. I I have uh, done the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah. made my share of mistakes too. And, and I'm not, um, I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, you know, I was talking to Lewis recently about estimating and, uh, you know, there was a miscommunication between the team and he underestimated something and he came to me and owned his mistake right away. 
And then I shared a story with him that when I was estimating for work once, um, there was an east building and a west building, and I missed an entire building. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I thought it was, like, the east wing of the building and the west wing of the building, yeah. but it was two separate buildings. So when I submitted the quote, of course they awarded it to me because it was half the price of everybody else oh, because shit. I missed an entire building. Did you do it? No, because they, uh, the project went over budget and they ended up canceling the purchase order. Thank God. You know, one of the things that I tell Erin when she does something or makes a mistake and she comes to me and she says, hey, like, listen, I messed this up. Um, I did this or I did this wrong. I always say, okay, so what's the opportunity yes. in this in this mistake that's been made? Yeah. Right? So... Um, that's that's one of the things that I always look for is whether there's a, a an issue, we have a problem, something horrible's happened. Okay, what's the opportunity? How can we turn this negative into a positive? Right. Yeah. And that's one of the big things I think that I love doing the most as a leader is finding finding those opportunities in. And yeah, and finding the opportunities, but again, like a little segue here is finding the balance too. Like mm-hmm. we have one life. We get one one trip here and then and then we're toast right so like it doesn't need to be so serious <laughs> well that depends who you ask <laughs> yeah right no i i, I like that right. again say that again uh finding balance in our life we get one life we get one life to live we should enjoy it we should make the most of it we should screw things up and learn from them and grow yes. from them and personally though like really enjoy our lives because when we're toast, we're toast. That's yeah. it. Burnt toast. Kevin will cook you in, in the <laughs> the toaster and we're done. Wow. Well. <laughs> um. There might be a better word for it than toaster. but Well, and you know what? I think that's a, a, a great way to um, come to the end of this here. I think hearing those words and people need to understand that, yes, you only have one life to live. And this is tough for me. I'm, I'm learning Um, more and more every day on just taking in those moments in business or professionally, personally, um, taking in those moments and being very, very present with what, what's going on at that exact moment. Um, for me doing that, and I don't do it all the time, but, um, I've really learned to appreciate more. Appreciation and gratitude are two very, very important things to me. And I think, as the universe <laughs> or as you ask the universe, it will give you as long as you're grateful for what you get. And, um, and you truly show, truly show that. Um, but yeah, I, I want to say thanks for coming in. This has been great. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Been avoiding it for a while. Yeah, I'm so like glad you finally just decided to come. demand. That's all she was. Yeah. just like, I'm just going to let these guys Simmer. sit on it for yeah. a bit. Let yeah. them talk about me for a while. Do you have, um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and kind of ask you some advice on anything business related, is there any way that you want to, and we can edit this out if you don't want to do this, but is there any way that people can get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, connect yeah, with two me. 250. For, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram. Um, you know, if you uh, search my name, you'll probably find my LinkedIn profile that has my email address. That's if you wanna, a good place. If yeah. you want to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. The, my email address is there. The name is spelled H-O-L-L-I-E. Yep. 
T-A-Y-A-L. Yes. So. Just Google the coolest person in Penticton and you'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> just Next go, to my just photo. Just go Holly the Great and oh. some shit will show up. Yeah. <laughs> Next to my photo should be. Fuck Kevin. Okay. Thanks so much for coming, Holly and Kevin, for co-hosting with me. Yeah, it's fun. It was fun. Um, always happy to take advice from Holly the Great. What's this code word? Where did the hell did oh, Holly yeah, the Great come for? Come shit, we forgot about the code word. Let's do that right now. Yeah. And then I want to know where this Holly the Great came from. Okay, cool. Um, what what should the code word be? You decide. Boss. Boss. Love it. Writing it down right now so I don't forget. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk about Holly the Great right now or no, off we'll air? Go off no, air. Okay. Know. That's fine. All right. Thanks, guys, so much. And uh, stay hip. <laughs> <laughs>